1: ...wants support, Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett, hit it Higgy, Higgy hits the track
0: goal! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Aveneli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown Podcast with me, Johnny, Dana and Elliot. The Borough Podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups and downs of Middlesbrough Football Club. Before I kick things off this week, let's have one favour to ask and it's to ask you to give us a five star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're following us on Spotify or any podcast apps or Twitter or social media platforms, please do give us a follow. We do love reading the comments, engagement and stuff like that. Um, but if you do leave us a rating, it helps us get found and also help Borough fans uh, find us as well. We've also got another couple of announcements uh, to go into before we move into our 2020 uh, review show, and it's a sad one. Uh, Elliot is leaving the podcast after two and a half years service, uh, so Els, this is your last pod with us. Uh, thank you for everything. I know me and Dana, absolutely love having you on board, and I know you're not going very far away, but... It's uh, been a pleasure, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: It definitely has. I- I'm really going to miss you guys, but thank you for the for the opportunity. It's been it's been
0: a good ride. This Bit is hard.
1: my cue to have a Baileys. So um, look at this Baileys before I cry.
0: Dana's got uh, just a shot of vodka and some <laughs> Baileys. <laughs> <laughs> just, kind of, just as the podcast goes on, Dana, and Dana gets more and more drunk. <laughs> so that's telling us our love for Tony Peel this. Oh, um, but yeah, so turned to announce your, your replacement, Els, uh, the most electrifying man in Fancy Entertainment, Tuber, Actom, Tom Tom Green, is going to be joining us more on more of a permanent basis. Delighted to have Tom on board. Um, but also, Els will be still part of our content team. And speaking of content teams and developments and new things next year, um, we are doing a quite a lot of new things next year. And I'm really, 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 really pleased to announce that we've got um, a, a new blog coming to our site called uh, Boris Stories. And... Borough Stories is a place where we've got some writers on board and they're going to take us to a place where we look back, look forward, look up and look down at all about the borough Um, and to be fair I'm absolutely so excited for it to start and happen and we're going to have a new podcast next year in partnership with Borough Mag as well called Borough Stories and um, where we're going to interview the writers from the Borough Mag and we're going to talk about stories from the past and their favorite players, the Mormons, their opinions, and it's just going to be such a wonderful, uh, wonderful place to be for the boy breakdown now growth. So, Hannah Conway is joining us to write, uh, sorry, preview previews and reviews. Uh, we've got Mark Davies, Ian Smith, Matt Smith, Tom Flight, James Hall, uh, David Too as well, and some more joining us as well very shortly. We're just tying up a few loose ends on a few of others, but it's so exciting. Big, big growth plans for us, um, and we can't wait for you guys to to join us on that journey in twenty twenty one and beyond. Well, let's move on. I can take a breath now because it's all <laughs> done. Um, but since it was no game last week, and since we're moving to the end of 2020, I thought we'd do a nice little review show uh, about our favourite and worst, best moments, whatever it was of 2020. Um, and this was the first time since 2015 that Borough actually haven't had a game um, on Boxing Day when it was postponing as Blackburn Rovers, and I'm glad I didn't go that day because I, I, I was really, really
2: hungover. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I went, I went down that to that. Bus. We got about 20 minutes outside Blackburn. Um, they told us the game was off, <laughs> and we were all sat in a pub, everyone was having a full English pretty much, and down in pints at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever
0: it was
1: well um, there's the silver lining i guess yeah it's so it, an easy gateway to a full english and a couple of pints yeah, um, yeah
0: i wasn't a good way that yeah i literally missed christmas dinner i was that drunk um <laughs> yeah so you know you
1: channeled your inner Elliot
0: there. Well, yeah, it was. I was doing shots uh, with my uncle Dave and uh, it just got a bit too much and I ended up passed out on the, ki- on, on the bathroom floor. So... Oh, you Jack
1: Grealish. Absolute yourself.
0: Jack Grealish myself. Um, but yeah, I was, so glad, I did. I was so glad I didn't go that day because I would have not made it. I mean, Dad would have been fuming at us. But let's, let's uh, move on away from my embarrassment. Uh, but let's chat about our worst moments uh, from 2020. I mean, 2020 probably wasn't the best year for Middlesbrough Football Club at all. You know, we didn't really get many points from the first start of it. And then Neil Warner comes in, we started to pick up with a head, uh, head of steam a little bit. But I'm going to go on to the comments first from what we've got uh, from people first. And it's Phil Ward said, The worst moment was Swansea at home under Woodgate. I'm convinced that, I'm convinced myself during lockdown that we'd come back fighting. So to go... To go down three 0 like that, we did like how, how we did. It uh, was a, a huge letdown. Uh, a at it again. Uh, yes, we are because we were at that time. Uh, <laughs> it was Swansea as well, um, and the disappointment of football coming back. Um, now to you guys, what was Boras worst moment in twenty twenty?
1: That whole game for me, that was the worst game I think I've ever seen, and that was probably the point in which I thought we were going down because their form at that time, I don't think it was even just their home form, it was just their form generally, was so bad. And you look at the the record that they had at that time, it was like L-L-L-L-D-D-D-L-L and then W against us. And it was just, it was unbelievable that um, we lost that game. And yeah, I I was really quite frightful that we were going to go down. And it's quite sobering to think actually that this year we, we actually were quite close to getting relegated to... Um, to League One, and I mean, I'm just glad that we we passed that now, and we can look forward. But the Hull game for me was was absolutely awful. It's my absolute low point for Borough this uh, year.
0: So Hull and Swansea was your letdowns.
1: Well, yeah, the Swansea game was. I mean, first game back, <clears throat> you do hope for more than that. <clears throat> but no, for me, it's it has to it has to be the Hull game.
0: Interesting that one because uh, I'm quite similar You what else are you? Are you, are you... Um,
2: I think that them two definitely stick out uh, in my mind if I was to put others down and I feel harsh having to say draws but I feel like there was a lot of draws last season where it was just so frustrating that we just shouldn't have drew the game. Um, yeah. So many sort of last-minute goals or throwing it away. I think one was full again. That might have been 2019 so I might be cheating there but um, and the other one was uh, Derby was it at home where I think we were two 0 up as well, and then yeah. uh, I can't remember the, the left back's name. Was it who, who scored a screamer from outside the box? I think the 90th minute.
1: Oh, it was. Was it Jason? Jason like scored one, and then it was Dwayne Holmes. Dwayne Holmes, it? that yeah. was it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say it for a draw. Really, I think obviously the Swansea one was probably the worst. Maybe maybe the whole game as well. Um, but there was just so many points last season. Where it was just frustrating um, watching Borough. Um, so i say number one, probably the Swansea game. I think just the ones actually being in the stadium, at least it was a bit more enjoyable actually kind of being there and being allowed. But after all we went through with that first lockdown with COVID and then coming back and that first game back, just getting troll up 3-0 at home um, was was awful.
0: Yeah, especially as we, we played a couple of friendlies prior to that as well and everyone thought, you know, we've had some time now. We we'll could potentially change a couple of things you know, it's going to be a difficult end of the season, we might still, we might not, and then who was 3-0 down, like, however many minutes, it was just dreadful, wasn't it, it was probably, it was probably one of the worst moments, but I think my worst moment of, of 2020 is that January window where we bring in the likes of McCudi, Roberts, uh, Stijanovic, we bring in the Mecha, Ravel Morrison, uh, you think, oh, you know what, we've, we've made some good signings here, I think, He's got some bodies in. We've just won four on the spin over Christmas when we when we thought we'd take a break from a podcast and just <laughs> we end up winning four in a row and that was the only, pretty much all, only four games we won all season. Um, and I just thought, well, you know, we've got, we've got some good bodies in here. We might we might do the business a little bit and then it was like, good 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 goose and he was just like, <laughs> yeah. like, See you were saying Sealer and we just kept losing after that and it was just uh, that is like kind of a moment prolonged but. That will get tenure was was pretty bad, but I would probably agree with the, the comments that we've got. I think Swan that Swansea game is probably one of the worst games I think I've ever witnessed as a football fan. Um, Luton at home was pretty bad as I well. I was thinking Luton. that that
1: run of games Wigan, Luton, Barnsley that was yeah
0: they were bad. bad. They were bad, but with with the Luton game, at least we were in like hospitality that game, so I <laughs> couldn't really remember much of the game, mm. and I'm kind of glad I didn't because so a great view
2: as well. I think from that. West End corner. I think that's a
0: downside. Oh, you can actually. tell
2: you're leaving, can you? Jesus yeah.
0: Christ! You must put the dagger in hospitality. Are <laughs> trying to kill us, man? <laughs> <wasn't it? laughs> we don't
2: get it much, you know. <laughs> uh, just speaking uh, speaking speak the speak in my mind. Um, no, I think uh, <laughs> particularly that little game. I remember, it's just sat there, and we were just switching off because it was just there was just nothing happening, wasn't? Obviously, I think we had that shot, in they we were only shot on target in the 90th minute, wasn't it? Um, so just just very very poor. Yeah.
1: yeah. Definitely. I mean, I mean, like you said, the I think we said this at the time, actually, or uh, when we were reviewing Woodgate's yeah, tenure at the club, that the only, like the silver lining of that, the only positive thing was that we had the hospitality and the, and the alcohol to drown out that, drown away that yeah. awful performance. I mean, wasn't it Ryan Tunnicliffe that scored as well? It Patrick, was. Patrick Bamford's best mate.
0: It was one of the worst type of games well, because no team really wanted to win the game at all. And for whatever reason, Borough just thought, well, you know what's the point of having a shot really what's the point in shooting ref <laughs> <laughs> so like just uh yeah it was that was probably one of the worst but when you look back at that we get tenure it wasn't many good games we've had really is it to be honest just that those ones over Christmas
2: maybe and then it, it trickled into the new year a bit didn't it? we had a couple of draws um so at least it wasn't defeat but obviously we drew with uh Tottenham and we drew we should have beat Birmingham in that game but I think we Roberts went off early, didn't he? And then I, th- did, I think we get a red card as well. Or we got another injury because I think I remember Nathan Wood came on, didn't he? Uh, I think Danny Ireland got injured, probably. Um, probably. Yeah, um, was leading up to March, so he was uh, <laughs> in fact he's been playing over Christmas yet. Yeah, I need a bit of time off. Um, but yeah, there, there wasn't there wasn't many good moments to be fair. So um, it'd be interesting to see what well what what the fans have said and what we're going to say for our favourite moments.
0: Not many. Um, <laughs> but let's move on. And I, I know I spoke about it a little bit earlier earlier on. We talked about 2020 signings. And we've signed quite a lot of players in this time. You know, we've brought in Harold McCoodie on loan, Patrick Robertson twice, uh, Stianovic, Lucas Nometa, Ravel Morrison, Big Tubes, um, Grant Hall, Betanelli, Sam Marzi, and Duncan Watmore, a.k.a. the Ginger Messi. Um, <laughs> so we've brought in a lot of players. Then I want to put a little positive spin on it um who's been your standout signer for 2020 um because we've we've brought in some good players all all showed glimpses um probably apart from ravel but
1: <laughs> you know, from Ravel.
0: i really want ravel to turn out yeah, so but just so. didn't unravel for him did it didn't unravel for ravel <laughs> uh for more, is it? <laughs> god are you losing track uh Dana, <laughs> standout outside of 2020
1: Ooh, at the moment, probably Duncan Watmore because he's given us that little bit extra going forward. Also, Sam Morsey because of that little bit of bite in midfield that we, we've we needed that little bit of aggression, a yeah. um, little bit of a hard man in midfield. Um, but probably Duncan Watmore. But I mean, it's funny you mentioned Macoudi there because he's... Time at Borough is the, the equivalent of you know, Grandpa Simpson when he walks in, puts his coat down, turns around, puts his coat on, and then leaves. That's like Harold McCoody, like he's a definite future pub quiz question. He's sort of like Bruno Zuccolini who just came, he came, he saw, he didn't do much, and he left. was <laughs>
0: just that. Gasol left 45 minutes, gone, never yeah, see um, it again.
1: I mean, his last game was se- playing in midfield, wasn't it? Um, that Swansea Swans
0: game, him centre midfield.
1: It was Woodgate, wasn't it? Was it Woodgate? Yeah, it was it was Woodgate. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah it, was Woodgate. it was That Swansea, that
0: Swansea game, yeah. game, yeah, we played was in Yeah, and he, he, he didn't know where he yeah. was, whether he was coming or going. Yeah.
1: To be fair, I remember us saying that um, he could do a job in midfield, but when he did do that job in midfield, he just looked lost.
0: I liked Harold MacCoudy. I really did. I thought he was a bit of a. Yeah. He looked quality on the ball. You know, he looked yeah. he looked calm, collected. He was a bit. He was quite hard at the back, and you thought sign from uh, we'll get that you know. What I what think I mean? it was I just
2: think... the team in general um, yeah. it'd be good to see him now in this sort of team it, you know would McNair have still been that left side of centre back who comes out from defensive we had McCudi type of thing but um yeah I don't, I don't think it was all bad from McCudi I think he was just wasn't really a great side and I'd, I think it's going to be tough if you come in as centre back in one of the worst defences in the mm. league already so <laughs> was it a
0: case of a good signing but the wrong time for McCudi possibly
2: yeah yeah well, he's sort of very highly thought of, um, you know, in France, in, yeah. in, in France and stuff. So um, I don't know much of what he's done since he's went back, but um, obviously they were trying to loan him out to get some experience. Um, but I know St. Netanyahu are dropping off a bit like a cliff as well, so he might even get in their first team as well at some point. So yeah, yeah, I
1: feel like he's somewhat established himself in that team. I mean, I haven't really looked into it too much, but just from his sort of social media activity, it seems as though he's very much in the first team fold.
0: That's good. Else, are you going to go for your standout stand in twenty twenty?
2: I'd probably have to say Duncan Water as well, which is the. <laughs> when Dana said it, I fully agreed with it, but it seems weird because he's the one that's joined. The, you know the latest. He's, he hasn't even been here that long at all. Um, but I don't think there's been enough consistency really from anyone to to what down. I wouldn't have said any of the ones from um, January really, um, and then out of the ones this summer, I still think you know by the end of this season we'll know who will have been the best one. Um, but uh, we, we've seen glimpses from from Morsi. Um sometimes Ellie as well, it's a bit, he's a bit like Marmite at the moment, you either love him or hate him but we have seen some good moments as well um, obviously Grant Hall we haven't seen nothing of yet, um, Jim Brackpom, we've seen, seen a couple of goals from him but again it's the, the consistency um, that maybe hasn't got it so I'll go with Duncan Watmore, I think he's been at, and the main reason for Duncan Watmore is he said um, it's a wonderful life, is his favourite Christmas film and everyone else said like Amazing, Love Actually or whatever. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa!
1: No, whoa. It's a Wonderful Life is the best Christmas film, well, hands down.
0: Great film, but do not slag off Love Actually. Mate, that, we, can't, we, you can't do that. We mate. need, we need to chat after this. No, <laughs> no I went to see it at the, the driving cinema <laughs> in, in Redcar <laughs> with Baloty over there. So it's no, I'm, <laughs> no. Not, I'm not, I'm not taking that driving
1: mate. cinema in red car? Where was that?
0: course.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: The yeah, it's like. I'm not, I'll talk to you after this about the <laughs> whereabouts. It is. I say
2: we need we need a we need a strong conversation what's, about this. What's wrong with the? No, that, it's, not, it's not for the podcast series. It's
1: it's just not. It's a wonderful
0: life. Yeah, yeah, great film.
1: <laughs> the best I'm, film? I was just,
0: I was just, yeah. I'm, I'm, not saying it isn't. Well, was, all right, we'll,
2: we'll we'll put it to the we'll put it to the listeners. Pull yeah, out after we'll this. Put up, put up it's a wonderful life, or um, oh well,
0: actually. clearly a, a wonderful life's going to win. But I'm just saying that, like. <laughs> I'm just saying that Love Actually should not be disrespected like that. I've okay.
1: never watched Love Actually. Well, this is how uncultured well, you know I am with is. movies.
0: Well, it's it's twenty past one on on a Sunday, the twenty seventh of December. Um, why don't you go home after this dinner and stick Love Actually on, and then you come back to me, <laughs> and then you'll realise it. that it's a wonderful film, um, mm-hmm. bit unrealistic. <laughs> I mean, very unrealistic. Yeah, uh, but Griffin.
1: I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'll educate myself.
0: We'll chat. We'll chat after this, Johnny.
1: i going to square up to you in the no, corner. i have never
0: me? seen you again after this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never seeing you in a person. Um, <laughs> but in in terms of adding to the to the squad instead, um, rather than going love actually, you know, where we're partnering <laughs> up people and talking about wonderful life. Um, what do Bora need to do in 2021 to add to what we've got um, in terms of depth or? New players to help us with this promotion push and to maybe put us in a playoff position uh, or even better automatic promotion and get promoted?
2: Um, yeah, I think that's a, a strong one, but it's also just trying to improve on the quality you've got. One that keeps saying um, you know, that it's hard to find, that it's not really available um, at the moment to get better than what he's got, um, which I think is you know, very true. It's hard in the middle of the season, players are settled, so I think that will probably come. Next summer, anyone who's going to be signing out of it, I think in January will be a more of a squad player, Um, unless a good deal really presents itself. Um, But yeah, I I think even if we do miss out on even the playoffs this year, I think it would have been it'd be a massive achievement if we get in there based on the squad we had together last year and everything that happened. So, um, but I think even if we miss out this year, I think we'll be in a a much better position squad wise. I I don't think we've really got an aging squad like we did i mean what is the johnny house and really there's no one else really that's knocking on like 28 28. grant hall possibly um but yeah i think the squad's in a lot better shape we've got a a lot of players who are coming into their peaks or they're in still quite a young stage even if you're talking 22s 23s um so uh, you know they're all learning under quite a a wisdomous manager, shall we say, someone who can really instil confidence and belief in them to be better than what they maybe thought they were. Um, so I think it's just continuation of that, really. And I think the, the more you sort of develop um, as time goes on, we all know it can't can't happen overnight. Um, you know, you grow as a player really over over a number of years, and you see you kind of your true qualities come out, or your your, your key strengths, your, your play to your strengths, don't you? So. Um, just continue with that. Obviously, try and get better in when you can, but obviously, fill out the squad a lot more as well because the, the squad has been decimated over last summer and whatnot. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Dana,
1: anything else to add? Yeah, just to sort of extend Elliot's point there, I think we've got, a, I think the average age of the squad is maybe 25, 26. So, it, it gives me a bit of confidence for post course, Warnock or Warnock going forward because I think we have a, a team where there's still growth there, and you saw with getting rid of Cleats and shotting and Stead and Friend that they were coming to you know their their thirties and not winding down their careers because it's yeah you know, I don't think it's it's too early for that but. Um, players that maybe their legs have gone a little bit. I know that was the argument with George Friend a lot of the time, and it's just good to see that we've got the likes of Dyke, Steel, Baller, McNair, Fry. You know that backline is is quite young, but it's still got room to grow, and I think that gives me a lot of confidence going forward.
0: No, I would I would agree with the pairs. but we're going to move on to outgoings, and I just want to take our time back to twenty nineteen for a player who left, um, Stuart Downing. Um, he was on the Mark Swartz uh, podcast uh, after sport. Um, it's two red two red wines? Ooh, two quiet. sharp reds, two sharp yeah. reds. It's <laughs> made about red wine and, and they're going to like football. You've been <laughs> looking at the red wine on the desk here. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, But they spoke about their time at the club and, and Downing and Swartz were both really vocal uh, about how it came an end for the pair of them and both of them seem really disappointed in how it's been managed already and there seems to be a of taste for the pair of them now, really, even though they had so much service at the time at the club, but it just seems to be in bitter taste now. Um, these are both a little bit disappointed of how they've came out and said all of those things, or is it just one of those things where you kind of expect it when a player leaves?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not particularly disappointed that they've come out and said it. I mean, it's a good insight that we tried to get out of Dimmy when he was sat in the chair that you're sat in there, Johnny, but... Um, Disappointed in the way that Borah handled their exits, particularly Swartz. I mean, I never knew that he got booed upon his return. Um, I must have blanked that out of my memory. Yeah. But it, I mean, that—that's crazy. That
0: he got booed because it came out in the in the press that he was like looking for transfers and um, he was trying to look for a contract extension. And you know, he was taught, he was talking to clubs as he was leaving as he was running out of contract essentially. And I think that's why people booed him. But. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, but I, to be fair, people booed Robson and like everyone booed Robson at the end when like he left and um it was a bit it's a bit strange and hindsight's a wonderful thing, really. I think uh, that's why we get football
2: fans get branded a lot as
0: being very fickle and mm. I think if you look at it as a
2: collective, <laughs> it obviously is, but if you hear any boos in the stadium you, you automatically assume, right, okay, all the fans are booing in, but that could be two thousand, but two thousand people's enough noise to kind of say, Well, you know, there's a good majority that are still yeah, still true. booed someone. <laughs> Um, I've never understood it when we do it with with players that come back, um, unless there was something really bad that happened. That it just never really, I, I just don't get it. I think you know, if someone if you, if someone moves jobs and you see that person out on the street, you wouldn't <laughs> go for and boo them. It's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it's just it's a bit mad. I think that you've got this um, sort of nature to it where like you think right, anyone who's not playing football anymore, I hate them. Um, mm-hmm. But so, the way some people view it, I guess so. But I, I'm I'm not too disappointed with it really. I think it, it it comes back and I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter after it. Of, you know, it shines more badly on the club really, and um, you know the things that sort of let go on and let happen. But we spoke about it a lot in the past of, of things that have went on and, and rumours that we've heard and stories. so this is a bit more obviously official because the players have, have said it themselves. Um, I think it comes back to just not having the right people or having people who are. Like Warnock, you know, he's a people person. He's he likes to, you know, bring a nice atmosphere, a nice sort of friendly feel to the club. He'll talk to probably everyone. I know a lot of people would. You you see a lot of the managers they'll go. Oh, I talk to the tea lady and all that. They'll give that <laughs> spiel. You know what I mean? But um, I feel like some people you feel like it's dead, it's really genuine with them. Um, and there'll be in certain points during Borough's sort of ten fifteen year spell that you know the last ten fifteen years where there won't have been the right people involved at the club. People who are just a bit for themselves that you know that you know they're not very comfortable in big settings they're not really comfortable in groups they're not a, a leader they don't have a charisma about them and if you don't have those people things just kind of get swept under the gap and people forget that you know the stuff that Schwartz has done or the stuff that's Mendietas has done and downing and so on And I th- not that you should you know give them a massive send-off and have a party for them leaving and all of this and that but it's just even little things of you know um, I'm stepping out for the podcast today and you guys have you know, we've we've came in. We, we've we've both gave gifts. We've both you know um, said we're really going to miss each other and all this type of stuff. Where it makes it feel kind of nice and and that like you feel like you're appreciated almost. And you think th- this is just this is just for us talking on a podcast. And this is for Swartz giving what was it nine ten years was it to the club something like that. Yeah. Um, winning a, a Carling Cup, getting to the the UEFA Cup final and everything, and just like okay, then see you later. It's just mind-blowing
1: yeah it wasn't didn't something come out where like they weren't giving him any sort of um oh, what's the word they just weren't giving him a contract essentially they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and in the end i mean you said there that people were booing him because he was looking for another club well if the the club aren't giving him reassurances that's it reassurances that he's going to get another contract you're more than entitled to do so it's and like, it's
2: <laughs> it's like we just didn't want to um just like the, the borough just didn't want to face a confrontation it's it's like when you as we've talked before about like tinder and things it's like almost when you, if you know if you're on tinder and people are just like answering you back with one word and two word messages that's borough okay how are you <laughs> hi yeah but really you're just not giving them the contract you're not asking them to go out on a that. date and that that is that is borough in a nutshell um <laughs> so I mean, there's, there's nothing more you could do and it's happened
0: with a lot of different situations mm. of players so yeah i think that's what you're spot on there i think with with what's been said over like the last few years but then like it's a common theme as well where like clayton i think was a prime example we went on twitter a few months ago and said oh yeah i've be been in this club for six years and they said "Oh, pack your bags up see you later and mm-hmm. like no thank you for the promotion no, thank you for what you've done and stuff like that and it's just like stays like a bit of tasty mouth doesn't it for like what all have done at the, at the time and Obviously, Gibson sent out like, well, he didn't write it; it was his his admin assistant who, who, who did it. And like, you just think uh, you could be a little bit more personal. A and
1: typed a, out letter. A typed out letter. That as was well. it, a Typed out letter. Double probably double yeah. check by the like Southgate. It's... gave him a handwritten
0: one, didn't he, uh, yeah. But it's like those little things, and you just think, oh, come on, Borum, man. Like, at least you know, try and be a bit like show more gratitude to like the service and I appreciate you've spe- you've paid a lot of money for these players as well, like over a long prolonged period of time. But still, like they are human, like they could, and it also works both ways as well. Like they should be going to Gibson saying, "Oh, thanks for my time," but also like I'm, I'm leaving or like the management. Yeah, like it that. just it, it doesn't. It, work both it, ways, yeah, but... it
2: doesn't bring that sort of community sort of no, feel it to it. And we, we we bang on that with you know a big community club, a family club, but it doesn't really ring true when you hear those stories of like like that because you think a lot of players that had left, and not that the talk about it was not a bad light because I don't think it was you know the full on scathing of the club, but I think if it was the case that. We were like that as a club. You'd hear a lot more stories of people coming out and saying, "Oh, yeah, actually, my time at Borough was great." And you hear it a lot with the big clubs, don't you? Where the, you know, the, the players talk so fondly of the time. And That's why a lot of them stayed at the clubs, the likes of Lampard's and Gerrard's and so on. It was, um, you know, the, the, the sort of feeling around the club. And it's even harder at a when You think how much more staff clubs like Chelsea and Liverpool will have. Um, but you'd imagine it even be the same. With like, if a kit man works at a club for 20 years and it le- they leave, do you know what I mean? They'll probably get a, you know, every- they'll all have a get-together and, and chat and whatnot. Um, but it only seems, only certain periods in Borough's history where we've had that type of feel to a club and it only ever really comes with the manager. We had it a bit with Karanka, obviously with the promotion team. All that group of players were good friends for years. Um, We obviously got a little bit now. We're seeing glimpses of it with, with Warnock and some of the players. Some of the players were coming friends. Um. But it's got to come not from just whoever's in charge at that point. It's got to come from the whole club, people who are involved mm-hmm. in it, technical directors and chief execs and so on and, and the chairman. So a little disappointing to learn of it, not disappointing that they said it um, as such, water and downing. But, um, I mean, yeah,
0: what, what, what can we do? Really, it's 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 one of those. I had to get that in. It is one it is one of those. And I think for me, it's before me, we I think that, like, that, that one at the end where like, Saying sign a waiver, we'd send you a reduced contract, and then this went on. Oh, no, I'll see you later, and I was like, I was like, mm. like I know, I know, Downham probably wasn't as good as we thought he was going to be when he came back, and you know, I don't really think we were going to sign him. In. We should have really signed him anyway. Like you know, he was on the cusp of the England team, I think, at, at, at that time as well. Um, he didn't really look like a correct signing, and you're just thinking mm.
1: he definitely wasn't, because I remember that back page spread of the Gazette back in the day because I, I loved Stuart Downing when I was little and it said in the back of the, the Gazette I'll be back basically mm. um, so I think it was always written somewhere down the line that he would come back but he, he definitely wasn't a Karanka sign and, yeah. and, and just to touch on what you said there about the community under Karanka um, Downing sort of touched on it himself and said that when he came back it didn't feel like the same club even though you, you said there that there was a community feeling I, I definitely I, I felt that togetherness there but Particularly in that Premier League season, you saw it completely unravel. And yeah,
2: exploded it on itself.
1: Yeah, he built up the foundations, but he tore them down just as as much.
2: Yeah, the best one for me before we just move on from this is the uh, the swatter <coughs> one where he got the the ticket sent, and then he had to <laughs> pay for the delivery. <laughs> that is just, just something else. Someone's uh, messed
0: up there, yeah. there. You can't you can't be that. Can, that
2: can't be purposeful. Yeah, surely not. But um, yeah,
0: just imagine like gifts on the phone. Yeah, just, just send it off and. <laughs> don't pay <it>. what steve <laughs> don't pay for it to see what he does <laughs> imagine well don't pay you could be to do that but oh yeah that's that's a, it's mental that but i think the community side of things um i think have to keep working hard on that is like as a, as a fan thing as a player thing they have to really work hard to get that community you need, you, you do need and, the you do uh, need like the, the right room. people you, you yeah.
2: see it in um even just not even talking football clubs but businesses are yeah. you know any sort of organisation or group whatever it is if someone so influential leaves um and there's no one to kind of fill that void that sort of is like the glue almost that brings people together that keeps people communicating between departments and everything like that then it can the, 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 it can almost implode on itself and obviously the club's been going for years and there'll have been different points during its history where um there'll have been that times a thousand but obviously in the past 15 20 years there's been points where it's been really low. Uh, there's been times where you we've seen it implode on itself and it's become so toxic around the club and the, the fans can feel it, whether it comes out or not straight away. You can just tell and sometimes it does translate to on the pitch. We've obviously seen it with some dire performances over the years. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. But let's move on. Um I'll credit Borin to they had a lot a lot better. Um, with like the fan like the fan engagement with Warney and stuff like that. So it, it's getting it's gotten a lot better and I think they, I know they've won a few awards for like a community. Area side of things as well, but just keep building on that. Keep building it. Keep, make sure your fans are your highest priority, and you'll you'll build something quite beautiful like that. But we'll we'll move on anyway, and uh, let's chat about outgoings as well. When we touched on it as well, and um, we move into twenty twenty now. But Clayton, Friend, Ayala, Perez, Shoten, Gisted, just, I think just to name a few. Really, um, they all left Middlesbrough in twenty twenty. Some of them are very long-serving players, like Clayton, Friend, Ayala. They've been at the club for like six, seven years at, the, at some point. So. Is there any of those players that you'd have liked to to keep this year, going into this season? I know there's, there's there's some good experience around there. I know, I know, I know you're thinking <laughs> else, but Dana, um, any players that you'd like to keep uh, to keep? Sorry, this year.
1: No, not really. Even with Pearsy, I mean, I remember at the time, there a few people quite divided on Pears leaving because it was the potential that he could have established himself as a. As a Borough number one, and obviously, um, like his dad as well, sort of following in his footsteps. But he's essentially in the same position he was at Borough, but at a different club with Blackburn. He's yeah. the number two and no real loss there. And then with Clay, Tyall, or even um, Fred shotton as well, I think their time was just up and just said as well, it was... I mean especially with Ayala, Clayton and Friend because again like you said there they were here for a long time there's that affiliation there and, and a lot of fondness with those players it was just at the end of an era and the end of a chapter and it had to happen and um, you know Friend's doing really well at, at Birmingham now I'm not sure about Clayton, to be honest I haven't seen much about him but it, I mean for those players it was time to go and in all honesty with all the players that left none of them really um losing any sleep over and it does help, of course, when you're successful as we have been this season, but I don't look at any of those players and think, yeah, we should have kept them.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's probably one I would have kept and it's a, it's a bit of a left-field one, but I would have kept Shotton. Uh, just for like one mm. more year, I know he's not probably you could pretty much argue and let you look what you're 32 now, I think Ryan Shotton yeah, think was. Yeah. Just stay around have the experience, uh, help Dale Fry or help Andy Steele. you know not as pay as you play contract, but Give him an extra year or eighteen months, and just see what he can kind of help if help us out if if we need him. I think that would have probably been the most.
2: I think he was uh, where, when, yeah know. when we were sort of starting the contracts thing, I thought he was one that was actually going to sign. To be honest, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess right. it wasn't. In, he wasn't in that group as well of like he'd been here so long where it was needed a, a fresh thing. He'd came in at the same times of you know um, Savile and Paddy McNair and so on. So it didn't feel like it was you know, he was part of that old club where he felt like he maybe had to have a place type of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not losing any sleep over it now. Cause I think the defence is, is well gelled together and, and coming along very nicely. Um, Ainsley pairs potentially only for the extra sell-on value we could have got in a few years if he had realised his potential a bit more. Um, he probably could have went out on loan instead. Um, obviously, it transpired Tony Mowbray was interested in him and it probably made sense to to probably do that if he's not going to get his game there he probably should have dropped down to league one in all honesty but um, after getting a good run in the championship as well you probably think that you can prove yourself in this league when you know th- there was periods to be fair over his, his thing when he was keeping clean sheets um, I just need to think he works on as we've said he just needs to work on his sort of commanding an area in the box and whatnot. not um, I don't think it's helped by him, him not being very tall either um, for a goalkeeper goalkeepers are normally over 6 foot are and he's he's probably what was he five?
0: Five? I
2: don't know. No, ten. I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't okay, think he's ridiculously. So, I don't think
1: he's ridiculously small. But I think he's about mm. six, six one. Is he? If I wanna say. Okay. Yeah. I thought
0: he was uh, possibly. Under... Victor Valdes
1: mm. was quite.
0: Um, Victor Valdes one of the greatest keepers to ever. Did it.
1: True. I just put that out there because like, for some reason I just know that Victor Valdez was about six foot one. That like, he wasn't a very tall. Mm. Kid, but mean? I'm not. I'm not. I'm obviously not comparing. <laughs> his Same might as Victor like me,
0: Victor Valdes. Yeah. Yeah. Just unreal. But yeah, I think. I think yeah you were like saying your pairs potentially going as well um, Was it, uh, is one way you could have kept him I think or yeah probably should have maybe tried to give him a deal and loan him out um, there's a couple of
2: young players who's done that with in the past but yeah. but, but I think wherever the, the negotiations must go they must just think well, I want, I want to actually just potentially go somewhere permanently and not have to keep going out on loan and keep coming back and not be in the fold again, so it's just things happened, don't they, we like that?
0: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it was the right move, uh, right move for him. I, for, if I'm honest, I didn't really massively rate him anyway, but it was a case of I think he had to be a bit more like arrogant about his own career, and a bit more selfish, and be like, look, ah, I need to move on, I need to play football games, and mm. I think he's done the best thing and, and move. Blackburn might not be the best club for him right now, but I hope he kind of breaks through and does what he needs to do. But if I'm honest, I, I can see him being pretty much League One. A league one goalkeeper, which is still a very, very, very good standard. Um, but tells anyone else, I know are you upset about Gastad leaving else. Um,
1: not this again. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm
2: glad. Uh, I'm glad that one
0: left me like. <laughs> it's, well, him and Shotton at Melbourne victory now. You know, doing bits. Um,
1: what in quarantine? Shotton will be in quarantine now. Uh, next. Yeah, yeah,
0: well, Gusted isn't. He's a. Poster, <laughs> he's, he's, he's the poster boy for Melbourne. And, um, with a great record like he's got he'll <laughs> um, yeah, be
2: turning the name for Melbourne victory into Melbourne loss
0: <laughs> Melbourne free scoring <laughs> um, but let's move on let's talk about best moments uh, favourite moments of the year um, it has, it's been a year that hasn't really had a, the most amazing moments but we have had some joy here and there um, mainly from Neil Warnock I think he's been pretty much our joy of the year Um But Borat again gives us a a comment in this. uh, As for best, Roberts, the Roberts winner at Reading was fantastic or maybe equalising against Bournemouth with the Max Brown goal uh, with fans in the Riverside after a long time of of COVID restrictions. So, guys, favourite moments of the year.
1: I'd probably echo that comment about Robert's winner at Reading. That game felt so important because I know that obviously there was talk about Wigan's points deduction but because it wasn't sort of signed, sealed and delivered and and taken off their points tally, there was always that niggling worry at the back of my mind certainly and I know a lot of other Borough fans that we had to win that game and that game felt so important. I'd even throw out there as maybe one of the most important games of or in the last maybe 10 years or so because I know obviously the Brighton game was very important but that's the jump from the Championship to the Premier League whereas this is getting rele- potentially getting relegated from the Championship to League One which is a, a far bigger gap between the two leagues. So that goal, and we played well in that game. I remember still had a really good performance then. That goal was so important. I know he had a chance where he, uh, Roberts sort of wiggled his way into the box and he just, it was just, fairly tame, shot straight at the goalkeeper. Um, but when that went in, I mean, we memed it, didn't we, as the Titanic. And it just, that just felt yeah. so appropriate because it felt like such a big goal. And you saw the celebrations, everybody huddled on top of each other um, on the touchline. That It it just sort of took off any sort of doubt in, in people's minds because if we didn't win that game, we were going into the final game of the season against Sheffield Wednesday needing to win. Um, so that one for me was, was probably the... Um, The highlight, I'd say Millwall away as well. I think the Millwall game was a fantastic away day performance and um, I would actually pin that as maybe one of Borough's best displays under Neil Warnock because they were quite clearly trying to rile us up. I remember their fullback was trying to get a Jed Spence with you know the elbow mm. before half time oh, yeah. and yeah. um that was obviously their tactic in the game to try and get us mentally and we we just rose above that and that was a really good performance for me. So probably probably those two and then obviously uh four one against Karankas, Birmingham last week. That's a fantastic Great way win. to um not end the because obviously we have another game against Tony at Sheffield Wednesday, but a a good way to end before Christmas.
0: It was in the um, class as well. Yeah,
2: well, one more I'd pick out would be the, the Tottenham game at home, mm-hmm. um, more so because I went with a good friend of mine who actually supports Tottenham. So <laughs> um, you know, picking it up before the game, that you know, far in terms, far better in, in terms of quality than than us. Uh, but when that Ashley Fletcher goal went in, it was a good little celebration with him just standing still, fuming. Um, that went one nil down on the championship side. Um but yeah, no, it was it was a good day. That I think it, it was obviously good to get more fans in the stadium as well. We probably not the most packed it had been in a while for that game. The return fiction not quite as good. Um, you know, the, the quality shone through really mm-hmm. in that game. Um but yeah, I think probably Tottenham game was up there couple of the wins along the way as Dana mentioned um this season as well has been some good away day wins um which you maybe weren't expecting Bristol City I thought was a really good one um really hard working performance at really <laughs> nothing goal almost just kind of George Savile stealing it from the defender and scoring um but yeah it hasn't been a great year for kind of top moments that I think we'll, we'll remember for a long time but I think uh yeah a couple of good wins as it's helped it come out of it in a in a better light than what maybe it started in. So,
0: yeah, I agree. I think this this year and the, and the transition we've had from March April to now is is drastic. Um, we definitely are. I tweeted it, it was we are definitely the most hard-working side in the league now, and I think that's what I said on our preview show was. If we're the most hard-working team in the, in the league this year, then I'll be happy wherever we finish. Um, and I just want to have that grit and determination that we didn't really have, and we haven't had over the last couple of seasons. Really, being quite a, a lacklustre and poor team, even like under weak, I'd uh, say. weak yeah, under, under Tony Pulis, it was very, it was boring. It was just a case of like, like the epitome was Hugo running down the line, knocking it in the, an empty box. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It was just pointless. It was just pointless football. Maybe we were just somehow, somehow grind out one or two results um, here and there. Underwood get never worked out. It hasn't worked out for a number of reasons, really. Um, but in terms of Warnock, I think, yeah, bringing him in was a, was a great moment. I think also him revolutionising this team and making really hard work, and that's also a fantastic moment for us. But I think performance-wise, I think Sheffield Wednesday away last day of the season um well of the, of the cut of that long season i think that was probably the best moment for me just mainly due to the result we had at the riverside in 2019 where they were beating us like four it was four one at time mm. and i remember that game and it was just favoured it was it just sticks in my, in my head because how bad we were that day and it just couldn't have went any like worse under gary monk there as well and you're like, Jesus Christ, we are going to go down this year because we're terrible. Um, but then to bring it back in, in the second fixture, the last day of the season, to win. Obviously, we were safe anyway at the time. But it was just nice to say, OK, it's ended on a high now. Let's look forward. Let's let's forget this season and move on. And I think we've done that quite well. And I think that was probably one of my, my best moments of, of the year. Um, let's talk about managers very quickly and then we'll move on to the podcast moment of the year. Which apparently you think, oh, to be, we've had some great moments. Um, but Woodgate, we'll it now looks right that we sacked him at the right time. Uh, but do you think Borough are going to get relegated and the Jonathan Woodgate if he was to stay?
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, there was a an article that came out, I think it might have been in the Daily Mail, about the troubles off the pitch in terms of contracts and whatnot. And I just read it and I thought, we are.
0: So lucky to have Neil Warwick as <laughs> like <his> manager now. <laughs> Well, hopefully we were, you can
1: imagine uh, what I meant we to say We were not there,
0: very; in a, we weren't in a good yeah, place. We
1: were screwed, and it just felt as though it was inevitable that we were going to go down. And I think teams around us there was a there was a week where Luton won, Barnsley won, Wigan won, and I was just thinking, oh my god, I think we lost that that game. And I was just thinking, this is this is bad, and I think if we didn't appoint uh, Neil Warnock, we would have gone down. And, and that is, is frightening to think of Borough being in League One because you see Sunderland now, um, you know, they're, they're struggling. Yeah, they're, they're a League One side established now. So, yeah, that I think we were probably going to go down if we if we kept one we'll get the, the players were quite clearly not playing for him. I looked at the team and it wasn't really a team to me, it was a bunch of individuals and um, mentally weak. You know, the confidence was really, really down. And um, looking at the games at that point um, to end the season, I didn't think we could get much out of them to be honest. And yeah, I was definitely worried and I think we probably would have gone down if Woodgate stayed.
0: Yeah, and we'll Woodgate brought in some players who are really performing well now. Obviously Mark again you can't Anthony Dykesteel as well. Um he was part of the setup that brought Savile and, and Paddy McNair to the club as well. And the players are have really been fundamental to our success this year. Um Warnock said that some of these players haven't been coached properly. Um, we haven't had much coaching. Do you think he's he's pretty much right with that? Because there's clearly quality there. Yeah. Uh, just what uh, just want get, couldn't get out of them at that the time.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think some of the better players we've seen last season were, were players who were more experienced. So we've seen Paddy McNair was was you know still performing well last season. He's obviously had very good coaching at, at youth levels at Man United and whatnot. He's already in the national setup for Northern Ireland, so his quality was automatically shining through. Johnny Howson was you know really good player for us you know his experience was really telling there but we just weren't getting it consistently from the younger players obviously they were getting into the team because of the plight of injuries that we had and the, the smaller squad and yeah we got the, the odd moment of for from because they were obviously hungry to impress obviously jed with certain moments hidden Coulson, and easily pairs as well um but yeah there the could have been how we're seeing mark buller and and Fyndyke Steele and so on this season, even to have this season where you know we're seeing a lot more consistency from them, um, and just more composure and calmness on the ball, uh, and yeah, it probably is to do with that. And that, that again, they not being coached properly is coming down to Jonathan Woodgett, not having the right experience for the job to begin with. Really, it's um, I know you've got been given a shot at some point in management, really, but I think when you're first starting out in it I think not that you have to start at a low level because certain people do start at a higher level and, and do okay but I think you've got to work with um or work in a situation where it's not the heat's going to be on you straight away you came into an already bad situation after the season before Good. and we, we've said a million times you got dealt a bad hand you can't come in and try and learn your management then with all those extra situations around it because you're already under fire straight away Um so if he'd have went somewhere else and, you know, if he went to a League Two team that was in the top six the season before and got promoted, it's much better to have learned your trade. You learn how to sort of manage people, deal with people, you know, um, get the best and worst out of them. And I think that would have been a better move for him. But, you know, when, when your boyhood club comes in for you and wants to manage, no one's going to turn it down. So, um, yeah, like I said, we we went on about it a lot, haven't we? But, um. Yeah, I think that, that's probably right what Warnock said about not being coached, right?
0: Yeah, um, I think you're spot on with what you said there Elizabeth, about Woodgate. Um, we've, we spoke a lot about Woodgate as well and how it just didn't work out for him and I think we've we've done the right thing of bringing Warnie in. Warnie's done the right things on the training ground and got all the players on board again. It just seems to be that togetherness again and we seem to be kicking on. Um, but speaking of Neil Warnock, um, to quote E17, will he stay another day? Um, or we'll say another year. Um, but do you think Neil Warnock will, will stay for one more season after this? Because, well, you know, he's signing players for longer deals. It seems to be all heading that direction. Do you think Warnock will maybe do one more year?
1: I'd like to hope so. I mean, when he was appointed in the first place, I was thinking give him a, a two-year deal at least. I know obviously he came in sort of towards the end of last season, but I was thinking give him maybe a, like a... A year and a half, two years, and then he can really lay down the foundations and cement them in place because the constant transition of change is, is not gonna do um much good to the players maybe. Um or maybe, you know, with the way that they are now, the the fact that Warnock has got them played, if he was to leave. Maybe they wouldn't maybe it wouldn't be so bad for them individually, but I would I would love Neil Warnock to stay on for for another year. Hopefully that can happen and then we can sort of ease that transition into the next chapter for Borough.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I
2: think he's probably he doesn't really know himself. I feel like he's one of these people. I don't know. It's a common quote from managers like, "I'm only looking at the next game." <laughs> I feel like to him, it probably isn't. He will decide everything at the end of the season based on you know what the outcome has been and whatnot. And I think if we somehow got promoted. I don't like to stay then. Yeah, I, I think it, yeah, it all depends on I think what happens and um, but it is good signs. That obviously, he's signing players for the future, and even if he doesn't, I think it's good that he cares enough to even do that anyway. To think, well, even if I don't stay, someone else has got these players to then work with on on better, in a better contract situation. It's not like they're coming in and everyone only has a year deal left. So um, yeah, I, I'd I'd be happy for it at this point in time. I think it'd be. Uh, a good growth plan this could be the project that we said we wanted without really knowing that this was going to be the project (laughs) um because you know he's clearly doing all the right things he's had the experience of doing it over and over again for 35 40 odd years um so he's worked with, with probably hundreds of players that um of this level and even above um, and he even said, "What was it this week about McNair? It was the best player he's ever managed, was it? Yes, I think when yeah. he was asked by somebody."
1: Quite high praise. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, he said he's worked with players like Victor Moses and Tarabd and a, f- a few other players. Was it? Um, but he said, in terms of sort of professionalism, Paddy McNair is is one of the best he, he's worked with. So um, you know, it says a lot that we've we've got someone like that and filled it out with a lot of other players around the squad now. So it, it really boards well.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see that he, he said those words about Paddy McNair. But um, speaking of Warnocky, Ben Strickland's give us a question. Um, and he said, Warnock said that would be happy to have any aspiring coaches to shadow him. If you could choose a Borough player, either old or current, uh, to shadow Warnock to be a successor, who would it be? I've got two names in mind, but I'll let you go first.
1: See, I know, <clears throat> I know the route a lot of people will go down with this question, and I saw some in the replies. But I'm going to go a little bit left field and say a no-nonsense centre half. So maybe like Emmanuel Jean Gianluca Fester. I know Fester's had his, um, had his spells already. Yeah, he's had his spells as manager. Pogatets is doing some um, co- coaching in some capacity, isn't it? He's just doing some mad dog stuff. <laughs> it was just, I mean, with those types of players, you know, you you have the. I, know, I, don't, I don't want to sound like a borough dad here, but you know, the passion and. Um... <laughs> <Burrow dad. laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh, you know, the, the, the passion where the heart on their sleeve um, can give a rollicking, but it can go another way. I mean, Fabrizio Ravanelli being a, an example of that no. always throws his heart in there, nope. doesn't he? He's like the, the borough Alan Kirby, just pops up really on the is. odds. Um, definitely not Ravinelli. But maybe maybe somebody a bit left field there, uh, Poggy and, and, and Festa. But yeah, I'll, I'm I'm interested to know what I used to. Say. you two. Poggy and
0: Fester, few else. Um,
2: it's a good one. I was trying to think of you know, um, foreign players really who you think. of I mean, you've got to come up with someone who's who's strong-minded. I think when Fabrizio Ravenelli gets thrown around, you need <laughs> someone. And who's to know what people's personalities are like these days? Obviously, people can change, but you want people who you can remember from what you thought of them on the pitch and you thought that Pogates was a really strong leader and people who can mm. keep the head and... He couldn't keep his head, but <laughs> yeah. what I'm trying to say is people who are strong-minded and maybe can influence people. That's, that's what you need from a manager. Like This is what we've been saying about Warnock since he's came in. is We don't know his, his actual tactics and all the things that he might do on the, on the field. That might be left to more technical aspects to to Kevin Blackwell and, and Ronnie Jepson. But in terms of being able to manage people, and get the best out of people. It's a hard skill. Not many people can do it. A lot of football, a lot of footballers go into management after because it's the natural route. And a lot of them just aren't quite out to do it. The better as pundits, the better as doing other things in football. Um, so it maybe isn't right for everyone, but I, mean, I didn't really think of anyone um, who wasn't English-born. I thought more of, I don't want to say giving jobs to the boys, but helping someone out who has been local and has played for the club or um, maybe coming towards the end of the careers. And it's only because I've done the, that Darlington save, as I told you, on football football manager. Um, and uh, I thought of Tony McMahon, because um, I know that he was linked with the club. Didn't he come back for like, like two uh, weeks few, or something yeah, yeah, earlier on in the season? Um, and I know that he's trying to get into that, that field, and it, it's not going to be very easy. He's, um, well, according to a football manager, he's part player and part head of youth development at Darlington. Um, so he, he is trying to. Sort of do something, um, after his playing career, um, involving that. So I think that could be a good one. Obviously, he's the only down the road. He's still local, so, um, yeah, I think Tony McMahon would be a shout to come in and see what it's like and learn, learn it. So
0: Pogfester, uh, Tony McMahon. Pogfester. Um, I'm gonna go with two names. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Grant Ledbetter. I think Grant Ledbetter is that naturally that Borough fans would love, and he's also I think he's a well-respected player on the training grounds. Um, a good, just a, a very, very good leader. Uh, I love Leeds at, at the Boer and I hope he does go into coaching to some capacity. But then my second one is is George Botting. Um George Botting, he's currently coaching at Blackburn Rovers um, under Tony Mowbray.
1: He's, I thought he was at Villa, oh, under twenty three. Is, is, is he at Villa now? I feel like mm. he's at Villa uh, under 23s, yeah. Oh, he might have it, changed. use in some capacity. I don't know, we'll have to obviously um, Google it after... After this, so you're going to bring it up now. But I'm yeah, it, it up, it's yeah. interesting you say, George. I was thinking George Friend. I think George, George Friend is.
0: Oh uh, yeah, he has. Yeah, he was like Aston Manage. Villa. He was at he was at um at Blackburn, Blackburn. He's just he's just moved mm. to youth coach at Aston Villa. Um, yep. but yeah, playing like,
1: tennis with uh, Asim Ojiani on Instagram Live the other day. Oh, what do you
0: want? Keep yourself active. <laughs> um, but no, I think he'd be like he's he's had a really really good career, uh, George Borang. And I absolutely loved him, a proper, proper loved him, like he's just like the like the player that like, you always like you think of uh, in that 2016 season. I know, like for Duke, and so I'll get the mentions. 2006, 2000, so I said 2016. 2016, sorry, yeah. uh, 2006. At <laughs> um, 2016, yeah, he was he was he was something. Every time I like look back at those games, I look at like him and Deriva, like oh my god, they, the the quality they had. Um, but yeah, George, what I think like he'd be my uh, he'd my my pick with him and Lebber. Um, if they could do it, but then final question uh, before we sign off is final pod- uh, the best po- podcast moment of the year. And looking back to twenty twenty, we've obviously grew quite a lot. We've had a bit of a testing time with all the games, and you know we had to push a lot of content and stuff. And we did like the quizzes and stuff like that. So, uh, favorite podcast moment of the year?
1: Well, I forgot that was this year the the Big Borough Quiz of the Quarantine. I yeah, can't it, well,
0: that. Mm, we've got... yeah, we done two, we done two we? Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. Were, it's it's not really our, full good, year, cause our full podcast because Our full podcast years april for us um mm. but the podcast year for 2020 we'll go for it.
1: yeah i think the obvious one is when jed scored against coventry yeah. and then <laughs> we just got lots of messages saying you know, were just ah, you know it was borough breakdown you're after manjaro. that was really good um plus jed actually acknowledged him uh, acknowledged jed it himself it, he? didn't he yeah, yeah. Um, but I think maybe moving into a visual format was was really good for us. As you know, I'm I'm a proper geeky person with that sort of stuff, and I think that being a success was was really good. And the sort of engagement that we've w- that we've gained from that I mean the the reviews as well. Every time I look at the Apple Podcast reviews, it's always very humbling that people are, are putting some nice messages in and some nice reviews. So everything you know those really encompass the highlights of this show, Just like this podcast is incredible really I mean it, it gives us three a, a platform to to speak and it's you know our little tagline all you match day a chat in a pod and um yeah I, I, I love this podcast it's it's the best thing it's the highlight for me on a weekend apart from Borough of course um so I think just being able to you know obviously this year has been really testing with with COVID and everything but still being able to do it and and talk and just have that little bit of a release um, peace of mind is has it's, it's been really good. So I, I just think the podcast itself has been a proper highlight of this year.
0: The podcast is the highlight else. Um,
2: I had a lot of a, a bit lot of sweet one at the moment. Yeah, no, a lot a lot of big moments really. Um, I echo a lot of Dana's ones. The the you know the the moving to the YouTube and st- uh, stuff like that was really good. Um, a lot of the reviews have been good. I think we've had a couple of emails. Well, I don't know if one that we got. I remember was in it might have been even t- the end of 2019 now, but we, I remember we got an email from someone, and I think that the best ones are obviously when people live abroad, where we've had messages or, or emails from people, um, you know, where, they, where they've said they, they really enjoy the pod, they really enjoy basically getting an insight into it, because, yeah, they might be able to watch the games, and some of them can't, because I know that sometimes the, the either the radio or the, um, you know, the, the, the thing on the Borough site doesn't work if you're in certain locations, mm-hmm. does it? So, yeah. Um, you know for them to get their borough fix from from us on on sunday is is really good um so it's it's humbling to see how how far it can reach worldwide and we've we've seen how many listens we get from australia and um qatar even and stuff haven't we so um it's really good uh i can't really pick a moment off the top of my head there's so many really i mean we've even on the BBC this year, weren't we? And the BBC upload. Yeah, um,
0: BBC, Sky Sports, Sky Sports. Yeah, Sky, we've worked with Sky Bet. Um, you know, we've we've worked with quite a lot of top brands as well, and it's it's been pretty pretty mental, hasn't it? To be honest, this this whole year has been. i
2: don't, I've, I've got it actually. Um, <laughs> our ads, the one where Dana says balls. That's, yeah, my, that's, my, that's my favourite one
0: great ads yeah. <laughs> it was a really good ad with, with it's
2: when I first done it a few people had said to me they went oh, I listened to your podcast the other day and I was just stunned to just came on a dinner and I just went balls
0: in my ear yeah that was it. <laughs> we
1: got a tweet from somebody saying um, I just listened to the board breakdown was very surprised So the first word that I heard was balls <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's football
0: I get it, you know what I mean <laughs> well yeah we'll rekindle we'll, we our uh, partnership with Manscaped next year but interesting the uh, yeah, in terms of best podcast moment, I think for me is the. Uh, I would love to say like working with Sky Bet. I think it's uh, with with the Jed. You yeah, have not been with, to say that, have you? We're about I don't know who they <laughs> <are. laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I think obviously work uh, well for a podcast. Obviously, it's you know it's a little bit easier for us to work with them. But it's, um yeah, obviously seeing that the the Jed uh <laughs> ball was was really really funny um. <laughs>
1: It's the fact that it wasn't on for just that one game. It was yeah, on for like the rest of the so four games funny. that season. It was amazing. It was so, such a shame he didn't score. But so, so the fact that he saw it was... Ugh, I wonder what was going through his head when he saw that on the bench.
0: I just want to know, like, it might be the fly on the wall where he like, just, like, just sees it and like all that's like, wow, what? what are you going on about? Um, I just thought it'd be quite funny. But yeah, like, we've done quite a lot this year. and um, it's, it's really humbling and nice to see what we've done in the year but then also like looking ahead for next year as well with like borough stories uh coming up and on the, on the blog we've got writers involved next year uh tom's joining us and we've got, also got like a new podcast with with borough mag as well coming up um and all of it's just kind of expanding and getting bigger and bigger you never know we might bring up the t-shirts you know bring up the. The horny-for-horny shirts with the horns, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's, it's a great oh, idea. Oh, make that happen. we'll see Borough Breakdown Tees as well. We oh, could, we could work the tattoo with that. moment. And is, my is tattoo one. moment is a great moment. But <laughs> you know what the thing is, right? Every time I have every time I win a game now, my DMs or like my ads, like, people are just like proper peppering me saying, ah, where are you going to get it done? We, just <laughs> like, it's like uh, well, I'll be the winner of that, don't you worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have Please, Neil Warner, get us promoted so we can If it's If it's
2: like a playoff final type win as well, like the sheer elation on your face, but then that moment when you remember It'll that you've that got to get the with tattoo. The,
1: with the mask, and he's like crying behind <laughs> it, but then it's like the sort of smiling through the pain meme.
0: Yeah, it's... Um... Hasselbult away is uh, he runs on the touchline celebrate and then he goes oh, <laughs> oh <yes. laughs> uh, yeah yeah I mean, it'd be some good moments but twenty twenty one is looking really exciting for us and I think that's it guys so so thank you thank you as always for joining me Elliot thank you very much for joining us over the last couple of years um, it's been very very emotional uh, in this podcast but be, it's it's been up it's been down it's been in and it's out and it's the Borough breakdown podcast and that was all your matchday chat in a pod up the Borough breakdown. ...wants support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it.
1: Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track!
0: Oh! coming alive again. Giannino wants the ball played to him. Avinelli spots out.